Hey everyone, I'm back again with a second edition of this series um, that I've called the Introspective Wondrous Handbook. Although I'm terrible at sticking to names, so who knows, that might change in the future. But basically, this is a series as part of The Great Affair that rounds up interesting narrative nonfiction, reporting and travel writing around the world. Um, and that also touches on how we tell stories about places. As with the first edition, I'm starting out with an audio note where I read a passage from a book of fiction that, you know, gives some sort of insight into how we think about places or how we interact with them. And the book that I'm going to read from today um, is The Temporary by Rachel Kask. It's not at all a book about travel. It's actually about courtship set in a time maybe a couple decades past when, when people still used um, street phone booths. I really enjoyed it. It was just a real pleasure to read and it's really incisive about human behavior and also our foibles. You know, the wanting to have the upper hand by maybe paying hard to get um, and how that leads to people sometimes getting so caught up in the push and pull um, that they sort of lose sight of the actual person on the other side of it and then end up in a relationship that neither really wanted anyway. And, you know, I think everyone will recognize a little bit of themselves um, in this book. But anyway, um, there was this one passage I marked out that I related to very much, which has to do with how we imagine ourselves in places versus the reality of it. It's sort of a very small um, and quotidian example, um, but I think it's very apt. And it also touches on our solitude um, that we, I think, can never escape from, um, no matter how many you know people we have in our lives. Um, and also a longing for connection while at the same time keeping it at bay for fear of revealing too much of ourselves. So here goes. She had been on her way home through the premature dark of an overcast winter afternoon from the local park, where she had spent the chilling, unsatisfactory interlude during which the rare and strenuous exercise of solitude had failed to warm her. She had gone there with the intention of substantiating the illusion of being out, lest the seeds of the previous night's party should, in her absence, bear fruit in the form of a telephone call but also to get clear in her mind by a detailed reconstruction of events from whom she might, reasonably or not, expect one. She had been disappointed by the park, for having decided to grace the art of contemplation with her indulgence in it, it had not occurred to her that the proper accoutrements for its execution would fail to present themselves. The infrequency of her excursions into nature had given her vague, generic assumptions concerning its appearance, and in her search for the verdant scenery of thought, she had not prepared herself for the discovery that such places might have problems of their own. The park was, reve was revealed to be a barren island circumnavigated by fuming rivers of Saturday afternoon traffic, unpopulated save by a small stream of pedestrians passing through it on the way to somewhere else. Lodged awkwardly on a bench at its perimeter, Francine was comforted at least by the thought which she met like an overnight train arriving from the previous evening's events, that the world was neither so complicated nor so exclusive a place as she had imagined 